Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Got your Bibles this morning and turn over to the book of Proverbs. You know, oftentimes when we have opened the discussion of why our nation is in the condition it is, we blame often the government. We'll say hey, it's government's fault that it's that's why we're doing what we're doing, and and then then sometimes we blame the school system for what they're doing and how they're teaching our kids and. And sometimes we even blame the church. We're saying the church is not doing its job and, and we're just not reaching the people as we should. And, and then other times we'll blame Hollywood and all the propaganda they put out in Hollywood and the different things that are happening. And sometimes we blame Disney. And, and, and believe me this morning, uh, there's plenty of blame for all of these areas and all of these if we want to pass that around a little. But how many times, I ask you today, how many times do we blame the family unit How many times do we blame the family unit for the way our nation is today? You know, on a a focus on the family focus blog, I was reading this the other day. Listen to what it says. Families are essentially the building block of society. Family units serve as the nursery for the citizens. Isn't that cool? The nursery for the citizens that become the population of a society. In other words, families are responsible for the development of children into the adults and later collectively be society. Talks about how important the family unit is. How important it is what goes on inside somebody's house, whether it be a a grandparent's house or whether it be a parent house. See, what the family does impacts the child. What goes on in that family unit impacts the child. It also impacts the community, and it also impacts the country. Everything that goes on inside that has an influence on the whole country. When you Google the breakdown of the family unit, you'll find on the Pew Research Center that they express that there's no longer one dominant form of family in America. How many of you figured that out yet? There's not just one dominant form of a family anymore in America. Used to, the dominant form of a family was a, a, a husband and a wife and children. That was the dominant form, but that's no longer dominant in our nation anymore. We have the single parent family, we have the unmarried couple raising children, we have the gay couple, we have the blended, we have the mix of families that now in our country today. The so-called family unit has changed tremendously over the last six decades in our country. What used to be in the 60s is no longer that way in 2023. Things have changed. What what has made this happen? Simply put, parents did not take time to do their job in raising children. 
We didn't do our job in raising children. Now, don't shout me down this morning. Can I tell you, the Creator expressed the value of parenting and the influence on a nation. Many agree with me this morning. God knows what makes things work. God knows where blessing can flow and how happiness can flow in our life and how joy can flow in our heart. And sometimes we call Him the Creator, but we don't think He knows how to run our lives. We call Him Creator. We don't think He knows how to run our school system. We don't think He knows how to run our country. And sometimes we call Him Creator, Father, God, and all that, but we don't let Him run our household. And so the family unit is something that the Lord understood. He designed the family. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, listen to what He said. Now, if you're going to read this verse, you've got to understand that the children of Israel are fixing to go into the promised land that God had gave them. And he, he, he kicked the other nations out because of all their, their things that they were doing and, and different things that were wicked. And he says, I've had enough of them. Do you realize that God can have enough of something? And so he says, when you go in to that country, I want to give you some instructions. Listen to what he says. He's talking about teaching the children. You shall teach them diligently to your children. What? His ways, His precepts, His word. He says, I'm giving you a brand new country, and if you want it to survive, if you want it to joy the Lord in the midst of it, if you want it to honor me, you've got to teach my ways and my principles. He says, you've got to teach. He says, diligently and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. This shows the value that God placed upon raising children. Come on, he says, you're going to come in and, and I want you to spend just about all your time when you're with your child, teach him about me. When you're getting ready to go to bed, teach him about me. He says, this is so critical for a nation and also for your home. Sometimes we think God just isn't involved in a lot of things. But listen, he is. This shows the value that God placed upon raising children. You know, it, it saddens me when I hear a parent says, well, I'm just going to let my child make his own way in life. And I thought, you are, uh, how can you do that? And literally, are there people like that? God shows he placed a value on what we teach our children. We are told in Proverbs, listen to Proverbs, it says this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he shall go. Can I say this morning, this scripture is very relevant for the health of a family unit. Very relevant for today, this time. And you say, well, I'm past the, the point of raising kids. If you've got grandkids, I want you to listen this morning. If you've got great-grandkids, I want you to listen this morning. I was talking to Ar Arlena this morning, and she has like six great-grandkids or somewhere around there. And I'm thinking, man, I've just got one on the way. I've got to hurry up at my age. But I want you to pay attention this morning because it's important because every child in our house, we have the opportunity to influence their lives. It says to train up. This speaks, listen, this speaks of a trainer and a trainee. Two things. It says train up. To train up, you have to have a trainer and you have to have a trainee. 
And sometimes we as parents, we want to be friends, but let me tell you today, we're to be a trainer. Trainer equals parent, and trainee equals child. I'm going to tell you this morning, now listen to me, children, don't, don't listen, but listen. You have no choice in the matter that you're a trainee. God has put you in a home, and He has put you and assigned you with your parents. I just got two points this morning, and I want to bring that before you. The first thing is every parent is to be actively training up their child. Every parent is to be actively training up their child. This is a God-given responsibility. God gave us the responsibility as a parent to train up our child. It's not the churches, although we may have an influence. It's not daycare. It's not the grandparents, nor is it the school. And I know, listen, I know there's some situations that call for somebody to, to take that kid. I understand that. But the responsibility literally was given to the parent. God gave it to the parent to raise that child. Just as much as God appointed Jonah to go to Nineveh. How many of you remember that story? And Jonah thought, I don't like Nineveh. I don't like those people. But God appointed him to go do what he was supposed to do at Nineveh. And Jonah thought, if I can get outside the boundaries of Israel, because God only talked in the boundaries of Israel. Jonah had a, a, a false idea of who God was. And so he got out, and you know, he ended up in the ship, and, the, and they threw him overboard, and he ended up in a great old, big old fish. And then it spewed him up, and guess what? God could have sent anybody else, but God appointed Jonah to go to Nineveh. And guess who ended up in Nineveh? Jonah did. Preached the word, how thousands get saved, and he still had a bitter heart toward Nineveh. I don't get Jonah. But let me tell you something. Just as much as he appointed Jonah to go, he has appointed the parent to raise the child. He's appointed the parent to raise the child. We are to have some influence into their life. We are the ones. The ultimate responsibility comes upon the parent in what takes place. Can I tell you, this is an active position. It's an active. Listen, you can, you can have a child and not be active in their life. You can be like, uh, listen to what little Bobby was. He said, little Bobby was allowed to sit in his father's place at the dinner table. One evening when his father was absent, his slightly older sister, re resenting the arrangement, sneered. So you're the father tonight. All right, how much is two times seven? Without a moment's hesitation, Bobby replied nonchalantly, I'm busy, ask your mother. <laughs> oh, dads, how many times have we said that one? See, parenting requires activity in their lives. You must be active in their lives. You must be that person. See, a trainer, you can be a trainer, you can say, I'm a trainer, but if you're not training, you're really not doing much. Training brings it to a different deal. It says, I, I realize God has put me to be the trainer, but now I must be training. I must 
be that person that is going to do the training in my child's life. I'm going to be active. I, I see it all the time while I go to the gym. It amazes me what I see at the gym. But I, I see it all the time. These guys are right next to this guy, and they're, they're sitting here going almost with a whip. Go more, more. I don't want anybody like that next to me. I just like to ride my own pace. But those are those that are trainer and those that are trainees at the gym. And it's the same thing. You can call yourself a trainer, but you're not really training anybody until you put it into act, active activity, right? So this is where we're at. You can, be, you can say, I'm a parent, but are you parenting? Parenting is something that, that means I'm involved. Parenting says I'm doing what God has called me to do. Parenting in itself, if you look it up, it says the raising of a child by its parents. That means you've got to be involved. Parents have got to be involved in their children's upbringing. Can I tell you this morning, though, listen, parenting can be very difficult work. It can be very difficult. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? And if you haven't got married and got kids yet, listen to me. You're going to get paid back. No. <laughs> Parenting is a very difficult thing. Listen, it takes time. It takes some of your time. It takes some of your, your, your quiet time. You mothers know what I'm talking about. It takes a lot of time to raise. A, you know, I have never figured out the guy that walks into the house and says, well, I'm working. You, ain't, you haven't done anything. But yet she's cooked, she's cleaned the house, and she's took care of the kids, which that's a 24-7 job, my friend. And don't you ever be guilty of doing that when you're the husband of the house. Because it makes a difference in their lives. That's a job. Listen, it takes giving of yourself. It's difficult. It takes discipline. I know it's hard. I, I, well, I had two little girls. With, they, they, they had me wrapped like this, and Megan still thinks she's got me wrapped. But around, around my finger, and you know, when y'all, you have to discipline in, and they look at you like, Daddy. Daddy. I'm going, oh, forget it. But I'm going to tell you, parenting takes discipline, and it's hard to discipline somebody you love. But listen, I read in the Word of God that God disciplines us because He loves us. He, he works us over because He loves us, and if you love your child, it takes discipline for your children. It takes that moment. I'm not talking beating somebody. Come on, I'm not talking where dis discipline is where it's a learning moment for the child. And it's controlled emotions by the parent. Or else you do something else, you bring too much fear into them. Anxiety. Discipline is a special thing. It takes rules. Parenting takes rules. No, you can't do that. And they say, why? And you say, because I said so. But no, you need to explain why they can't do that. It takes patience. How many of you have had to have patience being a parent? It takes patience. Christy, back in the back, I've got it going on right now. 
It takes patience to be a parent. Wait for it to grow. It's, it's the most like growing a garden. You've got to sit there and, and, and work on it, water it, and pull the weeds out, and patiently wait for the fruit to come. Keep on doing what you're doing to bring the fruit that God would want them to have in their life. It takes patience. Listen, if they were perfect, there hadn't been but one perfect baby born in the whole wide world, in the whole history of man, and his name is Jesus Christ. The rest of us had problems. Come on, you may look at your little boy or girl and you say, well, oh, they're perfect. No, they're not. They're not. And if just ask other people around you and let's say, give me your honest opinion about my kid. Don't do that. You'll never talk to them again. But I'm just saying sometimes that's what we think. And so we got to understand they don't know anything. And so you have to have patience with them. You have to teach them. You have to, it is t- tough work. Really being a parent is tough. Very difficult. But it takes time. It takes love that covers a multitude of sins or mistakes. Love. I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you. No matter what you did, I'm going to love you. I'm not going to accept it, but I'm going to love you. It takes a multitude. I hate, you're going to like this one. It takes being a snoop. It takes being a snoop. In other words, know what's going on in their lives. It's difficult work. But I'm going to tell you, it's something that God has given us. In other words, parent, in other words the parents are to be involved in every aspect of their lives. I, I, I love Oliver. They, how many of you know Rebecca's driving now? Be careful on the road if you see her. But they let her drive to, uh, I think, to camp or back from camp and to level in. And, and, and Oliver said, well, he looked on his phone and she's going through a certain place right now. They've got an app on their phone. They know exactly where she's at all the time. And, and you know, that's, that's okay. Some of us well, that's just a little too snoopy. No, it isn't. That's being parenting. Amen. I'm glad my dad didn't have that app. But today's technology's got a lot of advantages for the parent that's going to be involved in their children's life. Use it. Amen? Use it. Because that's our job as parents. As a parent, you are to be the dean of their education. You are to be the dean of their education. There are so many facets of life or places for your child to learn in the day that we live. So many avenues, so many places, and you are to be the dean of their education. I, you can't teach them everything, but you need to be involved in what they are learning. Come on, there's places out there today that the kids are learning that, that are not good. If, if a parent is going to be that parent that's going to be involved, listen, when it even comes to the things that are taught in the school system, you are to be aware of what they're teaching your child. You are to be aware of what they're showing your child. You are to be aware of the sex educational program that they're teaching them. And you are to be repaired of any, or, 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 
you are to know what exactly it is they're teaching them about religion and history and different things. I'm telling you, you need to be involved with their studies because that's our job. You need to be involved and you need to know what's going on with their friends. You know what I learned? That, that kid that came in and said, yes, sir, no, sir, and all that, I watched that one. You need to be involved in their friends and, and know about the backgrounds of their friends. Do a background check. No, just kidding. <laughs> but friends, listen, they learn a lot from friends. And you need to understand it. And sometimes they're going to get upset with you, but you need to say, no, if you know my rules, I need to know who you are hanging out with. And not only that, but I need to know everybody that lives in that house. I need to know what they've done, who they are, and where they're at. Talking about the friend's home. I, I can tell you by experiences, that if my parents would have been a little more involved in my friendships, my life wouldn't have went down the wrong road. Because friendships, they learn from being a friend with somebody. And, and a lot of those out there, they may be in a house that they're not teaching them anything about God. They're not teaching them anything about morals or anything else. And they may end up drinking in an early age. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things that you must be aware of when you have friends and your children have friends. Don't just accept it and say, well, we're going to do it. Daycare. Need to watch out what's going on in daycare. Check daycare out. I know a lot of Christian mothers that, that, that they, they've got to work and, and they'll check out the daycare. But also they may find a close family friend to watch their children until they get old enough to get in school. Hey, church. Need to know what's going on in church. How many, let me ask you, how many ever asked your child, what did you learn in church today? Amen. Come on, it's good. It's good. You, you, what are you, you're the dean of their education. You're a dean of what they're being taught. Movies, my word. Come on, you can't, you've got to check the movie out. Download the app and say, hey, this one's got this in it, that in it, that. You are not watching that movie, but mama. I, it's just being involved in their lives. Kids shouldn't have to watch that kind of junk. And not only that, let's talk about a few cartoons here lately. I was watching Tom and Jerry yesterday, yesterday morning. Man, that's a good one. <laughs> but I never realized how much violence was in it. It's friendly violence for our age. But I'm going to tell you some of the cartoons today have an agenda in them. They have, they're promoting some things that are against even God's way of doing life and you must understand that not all cartoons are friendly and they are trying to promote different things in them. You've got to watch those things. Pay attention to what your kid's watching. Internet, my word, we all know that one. You need to watch and see what they're looking at on the internet. I mean, no, there's nothing hidden on the internet. TikTok. Come on, I know there's a lot of those videos out there, but you've got to see what's going on with TikTok. I don't, I don't even have the app, so. Video games. There's some bad video games out there. A lot of violence. 
to me, this is just my opinion. When you can sit there and shoot people over and over again, you are getting your mind to where it doesn't really bother you to shoot somebody. Video games. What am I saying? I'm just, there's so many places. Workplace. You know what I've seen when kids get to be about, oh, 14, 15, 16, and I know you get them a car and they need some money for fuel and now they're going to go to work and, and different things like that. Can I tell you, just because they're going to a place to work, you still need to check out that environment. You need to ask questions. Well, what do y'all talk about at work? What's going on at work? Because I'm going to tell you those workplaces sometimes you put your kid in can be the place that turns their life wrong for a long time. It needs to be involved. Money, I would rather, if my kid was working in a place that the environment was wrong, I would rather dish the money out for mowing the yard or, or, or doing the dishes, those things that nobody likes to do, right? Be careful where your child works. Because what? You are the dean of their education and every one of these places I've talked about, and there's so many more. Workplaces, you know, you, they can learn tons of things that are against your way of bringing them up in workplaces. I remember growing up, I don't know if my brother Jimmy remembers this, but our rule was we couldn't go to the pool hall. Now, some of you don't know what a pool hall is, but listen, it's where all the men hung out and they chewed tobacco and they spit over at the spit tune and they never hit it. It's just nasty in that place. But my parents wouldn't, especially when we was going to church, they said, y'all don't go to the pool hall. And I'd have papers. We'd sell papers. And I knew if I could get into that pool hall, I could sell a lot of papers for a dime and, and bring that in. But I had that rule that mother said, you can't go into the pool hall. And I'm thinking, you're hurting my business, Mom. But I'm going to tell you, there's things. I, it didn't make sense to me why I can't go in there. I didn't know what she was trying to protect me from, of all the talk and all the junk that goes on in the pool hall. But I'm going to tell you, it's all right, parent. It's all right, parents, to, to make those rules in your kid's life because you are responsible. The Bible says you are responsible to train that child up. You are responsible to be the dean of their education and where they learn it from and keep those avenues out of their life. It's all right. They'll love you for it later. I got old enough, I went to the pool hall. Wasn't nothing in there, Harley. Can I tell you this morning, and sometimes we that were raised in a different decade and a different time, we try to think, well, it's, you, you just, it's so easy to be a parent. Just do uh, Today, it's more difficult. And you need to understand that the old days were not as complicated Come on, the old days, the world wasn't connected together. The internet wasn't there. There's, you know, it, you know all the things are there. We're, it's so connected today. Every little avenue, there's places that sometimes you don't even think of. And we don't get that. If we, if we grew up back in the 70s and, and whenever that was, things have changed. And we need to, need to realize you have to put up more guards and you have to be more responsible for their education because there's more avenues that they can find things that are ungodly. Because it's the world that we live in today. Because with those changes, I'm going to tell you this morning, if you're a parent, you have your work cut out for you. You have your work cut out for you. Because it's a very difficult time today that we live in. But I'm going to tell you, with God's help, you can do it. With God's help, you can do it.
See, because regardless, the parent is to make sure what their trainee is learning and instruct them in the right and wrong way and let them know. So what do we teach? What do we instruct? Parenting material has been given from above to be taught. Many parents wonder how they are to raise their children. After all, you go to the hospital, everything's sweet, we're having a baby. You bring that baby home, you go, now what? If you're like the man, where's the instruction book that we never read? There's no instructions about how to raise this child. Can I tell you that God is so involved that He gave us a book that we can read that can help us raise our children. Amen? He's given us some curriculum that is always, it is so so powerful. It, it has lasted upon thousands of thousands of years. It's still relevant today into your child. It's called the Bible. It's called the Word of God. It's what God has given us to raise our children by. And it's sad, but most will pattern when they get a child, most of will pattern how they were raised, if it was good or sometimes even if it was bad. They'll raise their child that way. I, I, I'm not naive enough to, to think that everybody in this house was raised in the proper way. But I'm going to tell you today, if you was raised in the improper way and you're a child of God today, He's raising you in new precepts and principles to raise your child in a different way. He's, he's, he's moved into you to where you can start raising. You may have had a bad childhood and, 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 and things weren't good for you, but I'm going to tell you, when you got saved, that curse has been dropped and you can start to raise your child like God would have you to raise your child. And He's gave us the curriculum. It's called the Word of God. The curriculum is titled The Way of Righteousness. In the verse we looked at, it says, are the way they should go. The Scripture said, train him up in the way that they should go are the way of righteousness. The first thing is they need to know Christ. We need to lead them to the Lord. Amen. How many know you need the Lord in here to understand the Word? We are to raise on the precepts and the principles of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 said this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions, and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, the Word of God is good for all of that when it comes to training up a child. It's good for correction, discipline, reproof. It tells us how to do that. The Word of God, there's hardly anything, there's nothing that's lacking in there when it comes to how we are to raise our children. It's there. It speaks into our life. Think about it just for a moment. If the Word of God was taught in the family unit, if it was taught in the family unit, it teaches about relationships between man and woman. There would be absolutely no confusion of what a woman is and what a man is. We would still be settled on two genders and we'd leave it just like that because the Word of God has been taught. If we taught the Word of God in every family unit in America, we would get rid of a lot of problems real quick. If it was taught. Listen, it teaches about, it, it, it calls out perversions, those things that are not accepted. 
It's all right to talk to your child about there and say the Word of God says it like this and this is what we listen to and because God has created you and you have been created exactly like God would have you to be created to encourage with the Word of God. It teaches us about money. It teaches us how to handle money. It teaches us about a man's word. Can I tell you this morning, it's a good thing to teach your young man when he shakes somebody's hand to look them in the eye when they shake that hand. But it's another good thing to teach that if you gave someone your word, you would do something. It, you need to keep the word. Psalms even says this, even when you made a contract with somebody and you find out it's to your hurt, you're still to keep your word. Why? Because God honors that type of stuff. It is to teach. It teaches also about respect and manners. Did you know the Bible says it used to rise up when the gray-headed walk in? What is that teaching? That teaches respect the elderly. Respect the older ones. It teaches manners. How many would like to see some young ones get some manners? You know, one, one bad thing about Facebook and social media, kids do not know how to interact with anybody. I watch them. You know, I, when I was in uh, Ohio this last week, there would be a teenager or a young person walking, and me, I just like to make eye contact and say, hey, how you doing? It wasn't happening. They wouldn't even look at me. I don't know if I looked like a stranger or what. But you know, it's all right. The Bible teaches us to have manners. There's a lot of good things. I don't know if that's me or what. There's a lot of things that the Bible teaches. When we use it as precepts and that. It teaches how to treat your children and your parents. It teaches us how to handle rejection and hurt. Come on, we, we, you got to learn that. you got to teach a child how to handle rejection and hurt. You know, if we, if we lost the ball game, you know what we didn't get? We didn't get a free snow cone. And you say, well, that isn't much. Yes, it was at that time. That was the most valuable thing in my life. That's why I played baseball for a snow cone. No, I love baseball too. But listen, not everybody got it. And when we got done with the game, we knew who won the game and who didn't win the game. And them on the other side would stick their tongue out and say, hey, we're better than you. And we said, come over here, we'll whoop you and all that stuff. But anyhow, you learn rejection. The Bible doesn't say you're going to win at everything. The Bible doesn't say your, your child is gone. There's going to be times in life that it's difficult. Who would agree with me this, this morning that we need to teach our children that there'll be some hurt in life and you don't go out and shoot 10 or 15 people because you got hurt in school. We need to teach that a little bit more in the house of God and learn how to get over things. Pray for those that despisely use you. Oh, well, pray for your enemy. It's like casting coal. I always like that. It's like putting coal on their head. Come on, we need a little more of that and maybe we'd have a, a few less things happen in this country that we live in. Because I'll guarantee you, if I was to name the, the times that I have lost in life and, and different things, it, you have to learn how to get over those. And there's something to a, a, a coach or a dad saying, you just need to get over it and get on with life. But you don't know. Yeah, hey, 
Get over it. Teaching. The Bible doesn't teach us that we win at everything that we do, that sometimes we have to work through difficult things. It teaches priorities in life. And I tell you this morning, the, most, the, the, the thing that is most important in your child's life is that you develop him and lead them, him or her, into a relationship with God. And all, everything else, I've, I've had priorities in my life for quite some time. The first priority in my life is God. The next priority is my family. And the next priority is, this just happened to be the same as church and work. But if I was working at a secular job, the next priority would be church, and the next one would be work. I, you teach priorities in life. And what we're teaching, listen, I'm not saying to get anybody upset right now, but right now what we're teaching in, in the, the house of God and, in, and throughout many churches throughout this land is that their Sunday for God is not priority. It is. It's a place we come to worship. And we teach priorities in our life, when, in our children's life, because if you don't teach it, it's not going to be their agenda in their life. Come on, I've heard the stories and, and maybe some setting here is how you got dragged to church every night of the week and revival, how you slept on the pews and all that stuff. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. That's a good thing. That wasn't a bad thing for you. But let me today, we're, we are taking our kids out of church for just about anything. And I'm, it's going to come back. I had a lady one time tell me, or ask me, pray for my, my older, my, my children. They don't want to come to church. They, they're, not, they're, they're married, they're not in church, they're not bringing their kids in church. And I thought, okay, I'm going to pray for them. But later after doing some research, cause, and, and, and find out that on, during when they were teenagers and when they were younger, every Sunday, and during the summer especially, they went to the lake. Oh, if I would have been the pastor at that time, I'd pray that God put another hole in their boat. Why? Because now you want me to pray for what you did. Come on, you, you put a priority in their life is that anytime I want to go something of, do something of pleasure, oh, I can skip out of church. Come on, there's plenty of time after church. I'm normally done by noon. But it's the priorities that we put. I get it every now and then. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that. But we need to put some priorities. What does the Lord think? See, there's not a subject the Bible does not teach. It is that curriculum that God has given us. What a difference it would make in our country if households got back to the Bible. Back to the Bibles. Could you think... Just amazing if we had a president that was raised in a godly home and he used those godly principles. Come on, the home is that valuable. Ladies, your influence is valuable. Dads, your influence is valuable. Grandparents, grandmothers, your influence is valuable in their lives. Put it to use. Last thing. The parent is to launch the child on the right path with this curriculum. Now, one thing you got to understand about this scripture, it's not a promise. It says, if you'll do this, it can have a great influence on your child's life. Because I know there's some that are sitting here this morning that they've raised their child in a godly home, but they're not serving the Lord.
It's not a promise. It says you are to launch them. It's like putting a little sailboat in, in the water and you, you set it out on the right path. Your job as a parent is to set them on the right path. Your job as the parent to do what you're supposed to do is set them on the path unto God, unto God's precepts. And let me tell you, God never takes the freedom of choice away from your child. And sometimes when they get older and get out from underneath mom's house or dad's house, then they go do something. You said, I didn't raise them that way. And you feel bad because everybody's looking at you in the church like you're a failure. I'm going to tell you, you're not a failure if you put that child on the right path. Because that child is choosing to do what he wants or she wants to do, and it's not your fault if you put the child on the right path. But here's the beauty of it. And I want you to start praying like this. If you've got a child that's wayward and you've put that child on the, on the right path, you need to pray misery on them. I know. Did I just say that? Yes. I don't mean like hurt and all that. I mean, let that which you taught them, pray that, that which you put in them would rise up in conviction and convincing. Amen? Oh, my word. I, I, I tell you, it's important. And sometimes that's all you can do because they don't want to hear it from you. I, I want to tell you, have you, ever, like, have you ever had someone in between you and you go, hey, how many of y'all remember this? Some of you kids are probably doing it right now. Hey, why don't you go tell so-so I like her? So that one will go over there and say, hey, Billy likes you. I don't like him. How many of we know this? And so you can't talk to that person, but maybe that, that is... That way. But right now, i got someone that I can talk to, and you've got somebody to talk to if your child's wayward. His name is Jesus. He's always interceding. And guess what? He's with you. He's with you. He wants, he wants that child to serve God. And he, he watched that child in Sunday school. He watched that child in children's church. He watched that child in revival. He knows what's been planted. And believe me, he is a great farmer. And he can produce some fruit. Just have faith this morning. I want to encourage you. Have faith this morning. That Just trust God with it. Let God do the work. You just go to him and say, Lord, ah, stir it up inside. Rain up and down upon it. Let that seed come up one more time. Because why? You want that child to... to to open the gates of heaven when they breathe their last breath. Come on, you don't want them to split the gates of hell open. You want them to go to heaven. So give it to God. Every day pray for them. Why? Because you launch them on the right way. Come on, launch them. That's all you got to do. Launch them on the right way. That's what the scripture speaks of. Some will say, well, I, I taught them everything. The Bible said they won't depart. Yes, some have. You give them a great chance because you're launching them on the way of God. And that is what parents do. Parents do that. Pastor Oliver, if you come. See, it's not a promise from God. It's instructions to lead the child into the right path. They ultimately must choose themselves. We teach by our example, and we teach by the curriculum of the Word of God. That's how we launch. A child's not going to follow your direction if you're not living for God. If you're one thing in, on Sunday and a different thing Monday through Saturday. Come on. Let me say we've got to live it. Because I'm going to tell you what they're listening to. They're listening to my life. They ought to know something about you. Right, well, no, we better not do that because Dad won't like that. Amen? I remember Andy Reese shared, shared this. He said his boys bought him some tickets to go to a movie, and they, 
And he trusted him. He got in there. And within so many minutes, he got up and walked out. And he said, we knew you'd do that. Well, that's good. Because we teach by our example. And we teach with the Word of God. Both of those speak volumes. But I can say a lot of the Word of God. But if my lifestyle doesn't line up with it, they're not listening to me. In Judges chapter 2, verse 10, it says, When all the generations have been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor their work, which he had done for Israel. At that very moment, there was a breakdown in the family unit for Israel. Up until then, they were being blessed. And it says, when the generations, talking about the generations that knew God, lived by God. And somewhere in the midst of that, one of those last generations, they did not teach their children about God. And from that moment on, Israel started to go downhill. Folks, I'm telling you, maybe, maybe, maybe the home is a little more to blame than the White House. Just maybe the home's a little more to blame than the school system or Disney. Come on, think about it. If the home is right, Disney can put out all the awful movies and things that they're trying to corrupt our kids' minds with and no Christian will go. I haven't figured that out. They don't drag me to watch a movie. But yet we let our kids go there. Why? Because I'm not being responsible as a dean of their education. All the other kids are going, we don't want them to feel like, let them feel that way. Give them something else to do. Take them out. Buy them a new car. (laughs) Come on, my my pastor, which I patterned, raising my children after my pastor, Ray Cook, in in Lowe. He told me one thing that always stuck with me. He says, if you take it away from them, give them something else to replace it in there. Fill their time with something. So parents, today, whether you're in that family, maybe a single mother, that's a difficult place to be. But I'm going to tell you, single mothers have produced some godly children. Come on, I know it. My pastor Ray was raised by a single mom. But you know what? She raised him in the principles of the Word of God and the precepts. So our deal is, is we want to Raise our children. If you're a parent in this house right now, I want you to come down here this morning. We're going to close.